Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. I am always honored, blessed that you have chosen to spend your time with me in another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. Thank you so much for doing that. Hey, today I have a what I consider to be a very important topic to share with you, and that's the topic of self-development. And I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with my now good friend, uh, Hema Vias, and uh, just share her knowledge with you. Um, she is, Hema is what she calls a omnipreneurial uh, psychologist. She's a speaker, she's a mentor. And what Hema does is she kind of, she helps individuals in guiding their path to, you know, a commercial success. Uh, she's all about uh, evolutionary and inclusive leadership, uh, well-being and, and just positive impact for, you know, independence, like myself, uh, startups, corporations, um, and really just diverse global audiences in general. And I'm really excited to share her wisdom with you all uh, regarding self-development. You've heard me say on this podcast, probably, if you've listened to it for any length of time, you've heard me talk about how as leaders, we have to be presenting to our teams the very best possible version of ourselves every single day. And self-development is a super important aspect of presenting the best version of ourself to our team every single day. And I'm excited to share Hema and her uh, wisdom and expertise here with you all. Before I jump into that interview with her quick housekeeping item, I want you to take advantage of our leadership calculator. So be sure you take advantage of that. It's a free calculator to uh, calculate your leadership effectiveness. I believe it was Peter Drucker that says what gets measured gets improved. And so if we're, what we're doing is we're giving for you a measurement tool, a tool that you can use to measure your leadership effectiveness. In addition to that, what we provide for you is a report specific to your score that highlights exactly what you need to be working on in order to increase your leadership score to increase your leadership effectiveness. So be sure you take advantage of that free tool. You can have a credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator, credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator. And you can take advantage of that tool that we have available for you. Now, without any further delay, let's get over to my interview with him of bias. Hema, welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. It is so great to have you and share your knowledge of self-development with our audience today. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Michael. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, you and I spoke uh, several weeks back and busy schedules and all have uh, have caused us to, you know, several weeks have passed and we haven't spoken since then. But I knew that when we first spoke about this idea of self-development, and I know that's, you know, one of your, your main areas of knowledge. Um, I knew I was going to be excited to share this topic with our audience because I'm, 
I'm certainly a fan of this idea that you have to take care of yourself. Uh, you know, you have the proverbial, um, uh, what it, the, the airplane, you know, analogy of you got to take care of yourself, right? Put the mask on yourself before you take care of others. And um, I certainly, you know, believe in that. And so I'm a big fan of this idea of take care of yourself, especially as a leader, because you've got to bring the best version of yourself as you possibly can. So I'm just really excited to share your knowledge on taking care of ourselves here with the audience. So thanks again so much for being here. My pleasure. So, so let's dive in a little bit maybe and first kind of start with, because uh, I know we're going to talk about self-development and, and the aspects of that related to leadership, but let's kind of first start with you and maybe some of the beginning or the backstory around, well, how did you even, how did this idea of self-development even become a passion for you? So growing up, I uh, loved psychology. I studied psychology when I was 14 years old, which mm -hmm. was quite unusual because at that time, psychology was a completely new subject. But as soon as I sort of, you know, read about a few of the things and some of the experiments that had been done in, in human behavior and um uh, it was just amazing. And so I, I really, really loved it. But I would say that, you know, from a very young age, I have what I would say a natural kind of leadership tendencies. I didn't realize because I'm quite shy, I'm quite introverted. Mm -hmm. But there was something in me that was just able to know and feel my truth and be able to communicate it in such a powerful way that others just followed me without me ever intending that to happen. Mm -hmm. And you tie that in with psychology and you tie that in with my sort of upbringing, which is Indian the spiritual background that I grew up with, you put it all together and it absolutely created the perfect storm for me to right. be somebody doing what I do. Right. Well, so I, I definitely kind of want to dive into some of the psychology around self-development, but also something you mentioned there really resonates with me and this idea that you, you have some level of natural abilities as it relates to leadership. I, I always talk about that, um, leadership can be learned, but I also acknowledge that some people learning or developing leadership, it's easier for them, right? That they, they have these, uh, sometimes these natural abilities that makes becoming an effective leader a little bit easier for them. Uh, for instance, um, I tend to think that extroverts can more easily become uh, a leader than an introvert. And I know you mentioned that you were uh, rather introverted, but also I think there's an aspect of the person that can kind of naturally self-reflect and, and identify who they are as a person and so forth. I think they more easily can develop, you know, higher levels of leadership skills. And so I would say that's probably the area for you that made leadership a bit easier for you is this, this idea that or that you can uh, self-reflect and just identify you and who you are and, and your characteristics and behaviors and that, that type of thing. Would you agree? Absolutely, Michael. I think that, you know, that there's a number of things there. I think introverts can make good leaders because they do have that quality to be able to self-reflect and mm -hmm. to, to be introspective. 
But I think they also need to then learn the confidence to speak out in groups and to speak out when they're not being asked to speak out because I think that's the thing, you know, if, depending on your personality. Mm-hmm. So I completely agree that I think there are qualities that we can have that make us gravitate towards being leaders mm-hmm. and then we have to develop other qualities to make us great or exceptional leaders. Right, right. And that's the sort of self-development aspect because I think even if you have a natural tendency, you still have to sort of become an all-rounder. If you're going to be exceptional, you, you've got to learn the things that you're not so good at in order to be able to, even if you don't use those tools, once you've learned it, then you can totally empathize with somebody who has those qualities in your team, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that we look at both aspects about, you know, our own abilities, but also how we can then enhance them or develop the ones that aren't naturally there. Mm -hmm. And so even for extroverts, I think they need to learn how to be a little bit more introverted. They need to learn to be able to listen, for example, and, and to be able to give others the space. So, there's always learning involved and there's always growth involved. Yeah. You know, I I have to be careful when I say that, you know, some people find it uh, easier to learn and develop higher level skills of leadership because uh, everyone thinks that um, whatever it is that they need to work on to develop better, that that's a difficult task to do. And, and, and granted, I, I agree. I mean, for the introvert, it's uh, it's a scary proposition to say, well, you've got to learn to communicate better, right? You've got to learn to be able to stand in front of a crowd and and to communicate well and all that. And uh, that's a scary proposition. I, I certainly understand that. Uh, but also for the introvert that has no problems whatsoever standing in front of a crowd and communicating, uh, it's a it's a difficult task for them to uh, to become self-reflective and, and, and to understand themselves better. And, and I would submit that what happens when that extrovert that doesn't develop the skill of self-development and self-reflection, what happens is they begin to communicate in an inauthentic way, right? And oftentimes, and, and I think it's, it's uh, not recognized, that's actually a hindrance to our leadership capabilities when our team starts to feel like the that our communication is inauthentic in some way. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. So a lot of my work, Michael, is to do with the heart energy. And one of the things I talk about a lot is that the heart picks up on the truth, no matter what, whether we're conscious of it or not. And so you walk into a room and, you know, your, your heart is communicating long before you open your mouth, whether you, you know, whatever you say. And I think when we're not, grounded in our authenticity and that's where self-reflection is so important knowing ourselves. if we don't know ourselves, how do we know what's authentically us and if we don't know what's authentically us even if we're speaking you know and saying something that we believe in that moment but it's not a truth for us then i think we come across as not being being authentic and i definitely think that has a real ripple effect on people that we're leading and the people around us and the project that we're working on because that energy of inauthenticity or that energy of untruth you know creates instability Mm -hmm. and and i think that you know we need to recognize that these are things that we don't often talk about certainly in leadership we don't necessarily talk about these intangibles but it's something I've been working on and I realized that this is what makes somebody 
really, really good mm -hmm. is when they do know themselves, are able to speak from that authentic place, and it has an impact on others. Because a minute, you know, when you're with somebody who really has that deep inner knowingness, that deep inner confidence, mm -hmm. you instantly feel safe with them and with their decisions. And even if the decision isn't necessarily right, because you feel safe, yeah you somehow are able to work in such a way that you make it work or you have the space to sort of say, well, I'm not sure that's really going to work. And then you're able to readdress it and, you know, revisit what needs to happen. So I think that you're absolutely right. That authenticity, being able to communicate from that authentic place is a vital, vital component of exceptional leadership. Yeah, Emma, I'm so glad you, you said that because you actually helped me by putting proper words to some of the things that I've been teaching around uh, examining your motives for being a leader. Uh, you, you said earlier that the heart recognizes the truth. And oftentimes in my leadership, you know, I will start with coaching or, or in a workshop, I, I will start with leading the, the leaders to examine their motives for wanting to be a leader, right? So I why do you want to be a leader? Right? We'll really dive into that. And and some people just want it for the title or the prestige or the money. Um, others want it for maybe uh, what's considered more pure motives of helping the team and or winning in some way, advancing you know the the business or something like that. Uh, but I always talk about that long term leadership is about caring about the people that you're leading and building relationships with them and so forth. But I'm always really, really careful to describe for leaders that this idea of demonstrating that you care for your team members, you have to be really careful with that because it has to be sincere. You have to truly, sincerely care about your people. Otherwise, if you take these actions to just kind of manipulate the situation and get, you know, get better results or more work from them or something, if you're if you're trying to manipulate the situation and you're taking some kind of action that shows that you care, but you really don't, that I, I always just tell leaders, I don't know how, but they will know that. They will know that you're insincere. And you just kind of put some words to that around the heart recognizes that you're insincere. It, it recognizes the truth. So I really appreciate you describing it that way. Absolutely. I think there's a lot there that you've just said and you know, shared, Michael, because I think that it, you know, motivation is so, so key. And I think, you know, and, and if you want to be a leader for whatever reason, I think the you know, skills that are worth developing are things like that, really genuinely being able to be empathic, genuinely being able to empathise with the people because caring about them is, you know, taking care of their whole being mm -hmm. not just caring about them in terms of getting the work done or caring about getting the project fulfilled you know meeting those goals or those deadlines i think caring about them is recognizing they are multi-dimensional right you know so they're not just employees they're not just the person who works on this project they have lives they they have feelings they have things going on personally professionally socially emotionally and and I think, again, to be a good leader when you lead by example, so taking mm -hmm. care of your own well-being, making sure that you are taking care of all aspects of your life, not just in terms of how you show up at 
work. And, right. and then only when you are in a good space are you able to sincerely show up for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because when you're when you're not in a good space, we all as human beings are have a tendency to project. And so if we're not in a good space, we sort of easily able to snap at somebody or not care about what they've said or not show up sincerely or authentically. And so taking care of oneself is, is again, so, so important. And if we're going to lead by example and be able to genuinely care about the people that we're leading as well as caring about the business and the Mm -hmm. project, whatever it might be, then it's making that time, making that time to get to know ourselves, but also making time to get to know the people. Yeah. You can't care about somebody if you don't know who they are beyond the work resume, but beyond, you know, the sort of, you know, what experience they've had and what skills they have and how that can be applied to the situation. Yeah. It's being able to see the whole of them. Yeah. And, we, and often in business, Michael, one of the things I find is people don't take time to do that. Right. And I think that that's a key uh, component that people should add, you know, getting getting a project fulfilled, you know, getting a project completed or, you know, meeting business deadlines. If you take that time, you're not wasting that time. I think that you work together, you're more productive because if you genuinely know somebody, you're going to care much more about who they are and what they're feeling mm-hmm. as opposed to just seeing them as another cog in the wheel. Right. Yeah. No, I totally love that. And, and you know, my listeners of this podcast have heard me say this many, many times, and, and I, I feel like it, it, it describes what you're just you're talking about there. But as a leader – we owe it to our those that we lead. We owe it to them to bring the very best version of ourselves to leadership over that team every single day. That's what they deserve from us to bring the very best version of ourselves. And if we're going to do that, then to your point, we we've got to take care of ourselves. And I believe there's a number of aspects of taking care of ourselves that we oftentimes overlook, we don't get enough rest, we don't have the appropriate diet, or we don't get the appropriate levels of of exercise and things like that. Those are the things that we're not doing oftentimes to take care of ourselves. And therefore, we're not necessarily bringing the best version of ourselves to leading the team. But then there's also this, this aspect, I believe, of caring for ourselves that we overlook. And that's kind of this, this, uh, this mental, emotional, and and maybe even spiritual aspect of ourself that if we're not reflective, if we're not self-reflective, if we don't take the time to examine ourselves emotionally and mentally and spiritually, then are we bringing the best version of ourselves? And so I would kind of ask you, what does that even mean? What does that even look like for the person that says, okay, I I get it. I need to be a bit more self-reflective and I need to be uh, more concerned with self-development in the mental and emotional and the spiritual aspects of my life. But what does that even mean for someone that would be asking that kind of question? That's a great question. I think, um, so there's also, you know, there's of course the aspects of leadership we can develop, but then the emotional, mental and spiritual aspects. 
I think they're, they're absolutely essential now. Once upon a time, it wasn't something we would bring into business, but we're now recognizing well-being and leadership go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like for me is really, you know, making time, creating space. Because if we don't create space in our minds, if we don't create space in our bodies, if we don't create space in our hearts, what that looks like is it's not just about the learning we do academically or the learning we do to sort of, you know, get better at things. It's also the time that we take to really, really nurture our true essence. And our true essence, you know, it's sort of, it's beyond exercise. It's actually getting out in nature and connecting with the fact that, you know, life flows through everything and everyone. Mm-hmm. And so when we're spending time in nature, it's not just going for a job to get our heart racing. It's about actually spending time connecting with perhaps nature, connecting with other people. Socializing isn't just about taking time to sort of take a you know, chat to somebody. It's about really sharing what might be in your heart, really opening up to what you might be feeling. We need to bring heart back into business mm-hmm. and heart is the center of, you know, our, our emotions as well as our mental kind of what's going on. So the, the head and the gut, so the gut carries all our emotions, the head carries all the thoughts and all the, you know, imagination and everything. The heart is the center for the two to align. Mm-hmm. So the mental and the emotional come together and create a spiritual opening. And what that looks like is when the three are aligned, the heart opens up and it creates space for us to tap into higher consciousness. And simply put, scientifically put, it's simply we raise our vibration. Mm-hmm. And raising our vibration could be about journaling debris, you know, old thoughts, feelings, memories that might be still stuck as a trauma in our body that will make us react because we all have that ability to react when something triggers us. Mm-hmm. And so doing that inner work, which might have in the past looked like something that you did if you were in crisis, but I would say in order to be really, really exceptional leaders, it's something we should be doing because we become lighter in our energy, we become lighter in our mind, we become lighter emotionally, we become lighter mentally, and we raise our spiritual awareness. Yeah. And And spiritual awareness is nothing more than being timeless. It's sort of not being stuck in the past. It's not being too future orientated. It's about being present moment centered and being able to have an awareness of what's gone on in the past, an awareness of where we're going in the future, but to do it in a way that keeps us present in the moment. Because when we're present in the moment, we are not only able to be the best version of ourselves, we are also able to bring out the best version in others around us and take them for who they are, which is uniquely who they are, because people shouldn't be grouped together as they're the team or, you know, their IT or they are mm-hmm. in human resources or their finance. No, each person in each department or each organization, each person is unique. And I think when we create that space to really connect with our hearts, to really grow spiritually, to release emotional and mental debris that doesn't serve us, yeah. we are able to be much more centered in Right. No, I, I, I love that, Hema. I'm, I'm such a, a fan of this idea of creating space for yourself to, you know, to, uh, for self-reflection and all. Now, I, I'm not capable of putting the same 
you know, um, psychological terms and spiritual terms that you are, but, but I certainly recognize the value and the benefit in, in creating this space. And so for example, I'm a, I'm a task oriented person, right? I, I tend to, I tend to have two task lists, uh, one that's in, you know, mental, it's a mental list of things I need to get done today. And, and then I oftentimes, or I'll always have a, a written task list as well. And sometimes those two lists, they match. Other times there's things in my mind that aren't on the paper and, and things like that. But from the moment I wake up, it's all about that task list, right? Um, I start to check things off. Uh, and if I'm not careful, then what will happen is, you know, I will, I will get up in the morning and just immediately start, you know, quote work, right. And, and work for me is let's, let's get through with these, these tasks. Right. Um, but when I, when I fall victim to that, to that natural tendency that I have, I recognize that I go through the day much more tense and stressed and, and so forth. And, and even sometimes it will manifest itself even later in the day. So for instance, uh, you know, a few times a week, my wife and I like to take an evening walk. So, so after dinner, uh, temperatures have cooled down a little bit. So we'll take an evening walk. And sometimes if I don't feel like the, the to-do list has gotten checked off enough of enough items, then I will enter into that that evening walk with my wife, uh, you know, in a hurry, Hey, let's, let's get this walk done so I can get back to the house and we, you know, I can start checking things off. And I have to just, I just have to pause myself, right. And, and, and remove myself from the checklist, um, the to-do list and enjoy an evening walk with my wife. And same thing in the morning, I have to just, all right, settle down, you know, remove myself from the to-do list and ease into my morning a bit more consciously and slowly. And that just makes the rest of it, it certainly makes me feel better, right? About the rest of the day. And I'm convinced that the fact that I feel better about the rest of the day impacts my leadership of the team, right? If I, if I get up and I'm just all about getting the checklist done, I'm going to bring that level of pressure and stress that I feel on myself. I'm going to bring that to my leadership of the team. So that's how, you know, everything you just mentioned, that's how it shows up in my life for sure. And I'm a certain believer in this, this idea of creating space in your life. Absolutely. And I, I can guarantee you, your wife will agree with that. <laughs> she, will, she will tell you the days when she knows that it's not a, a pleasant walk. That is true. It's a pleasant walk. And it's the same with the people we're leaving, right? You know, it's yeah. how we show up with people, regardless of what our role is, you know, with them. Mm -hmm. And so I love what you said. Yeah. And it's, you use the word, you know, tension mm -hmm. and i think that's the thing that's the difference between when we take time to really create space tension eases mm -hmm. you know we mm -hmm. relax because when we're really creating space in our heart we're really letting go and that that's tension releases and so i do feel that we're able to take in new ideas we're able to be more decisive more creative and we're able to show up for other people yeah. in, a, in a much more balanced way and i think and the opposite is true and of course we all can go through life up and down it's not that we're always you know always stress-free or tension-free 
but I think we can be conscious of it as leaders in particular, mm-hmm. being conscious of not only ourselves, but making sure others around us take that time to actually create space in their lives as well. Because if we're pushing them and they're feeling pushed, then that tension is going to really impact, you know, you know, it has a ripple effect on all of our lives. Yeah. Michael. It's yeah. exactly as you said, you then are not able to do the same thing that you would do that would be really pleasant with your wife, for example, your family, with friends. And so we need to learn that it, no matter how busy we are at work, no matter how much we've got going on, that without that sort of key element of really taking care of ourselves, that over time it's not going to be healthy. Of course, it's fine when it's the odd time or it's fine if it's just, you know, you're going through a particularly difficult few weeks. But if it's if it's sustained like that, I think that we're not able to really sustain yeah. it if it continues being pretty pressurized, then I think that's something that leadership sort of should recognize that you yeah. need that space. Yeah, that's such a good point, Hema. And I, I don't want to put on our listeners some type of unrealistic expectation that, you know, you've got to have this large amount of time, multiple times throughout the day to create this space. Because, you know what, life is going to happen sometimes to the point that you just don't have that create space time available to you and that can be okay. But I think the point you're making is, is really, really uh, true that, you know, that's okay. Every now and again, you just can't have that be the situation uh, consistently over a long period of time, because it's certainly going to impact you. I think it impacts your health, your well being, and it certainly impacts your interactions with other people, whether that be your family, those you're leading at work and so forth. And, and also you're, you're spot on. You're exactly right. Uh, in those evening walks, uh, my wife is the one that can point out, Hey, you, you need to slow down. And it usually starts with, I'm walking a lot faster than her and I'm not talking or whatever. And, and she will be the one that says, Hey, you, you need to slow down. So she certainly recognizes that uh, I'm not in the moment, right? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about other things and I'm in a hurry. And again, I would, I would submit to you that our people at work, they see the same thing in us, right? They see this, Oh, you seem really, really stressed out or, or, uh, you know, something, something's wrong. You're, you're, you're not, um, you know, you're not as calm as you typically are. And, and, and they see those things. And therefore, uh, again, we haven't brought the best version of ourselves when that's the case. Um, Absolutely. And it goes back to the point you made about caring for people. You know, if your mind is elsewhere, like when you're in a caring space, you're going to be more mindful of how you walk so that you're walking alongside your wife. If you're not in that space, then you're not going to be mindful. Now, it's the same with work. You know, if somebody's speaking to us and telling us about what's going on for them with the, you know, work, whatever it might be, if we're thinking about 10 other things we've got to be doing, then of course we're not able to really, really show up and really be present mm-hmm. and listen. And listening is such a, a, a you know, quality that sure. we absolutely need to have. Yeah. Well, well, Hema, I would really like to understand because I think our audience is, um, I hope by now they're convinced of this need for self-reflection and self-development and taking care of themselves at this mental, emotional, and spiritual um, uh, state, but I, I got to imagine they're kind of asking the question, okay, well, I understand this idea of creating space, but 
what does that actually look like? I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, from you about what is it that you actually do during those times where you're creating space for yourself? Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that I would say is it's definitely waking up early. Mm. And there's a reason why. There's a scientific reason why, Michael. It's not just about getting up early because you've got so much to do in your day, mm. so you've got to get it all done. It, there's something about the fact that, you know, our hearts definitely resonate with the Earth's electromagnetic field. The Earth's electromagnetic field resonates with the sun and with the cosmic sort of energy, you know, the universal energy that flows. There is a vibration that goes on. Science is now beginning to prove all of this. And so there's something about the fact that when you wake up with sunrise and you're actually in that space and you're waking up as the world is waking up, quite literally, then it centers your nervous system. It allows your nervous system to be calm and you're more likely to be in a calm state than if you wake up you know, a little bit later with the alarm going off and your nerves are all jangled because the alarm's gone off in your mid-sleep. And mm-hmm. um, so that's one thing. But the other thing I would say is definitely learning to meditate. And meditation for me is not about just sitting in silence. There are so many different ways of meditating and, and it can be creative meditation. So for example, using your mind to to have an intention to find solutions to something that you might have on your mind and using that sort of time just to sit by yourself, to switch everything off, make sure your phone's not going to go off, make sure that, you know, there's no sort of outside intrusion if you're at home with family and pets, making sure you've got a little bit of space, you've let everybody know, just having that little bit of space. Now, it can be 10 minutes, it can be half an hour, it can be longer. So that's one thing. And so for people who sort of don't know how, I'd say it's definitely worth learning. Mm-hmm. Not just learning how to meditate to relieve stress, but to actually learn to use meditation as a tool to create space in yourself, to let go of stuff that doesn't serve you, but also to be creative, to find solutions and to right. help you. So right. you're doing two things at once. Not only are you creating space, because when you meditate, Physically, what's really going on is that you're dropping into your heart space. And when you drop into your heart space, the left and right brain come in the center. Mm -hmm. When the left and right brain come in the center, you stop overthinking, you stop overimagining, and you come back to a center where actually you open yourself up to the wisdom of the heart, where the heart can whisper to you, it's had the answer all along. Mm -hmm. So it's wanting to tell you what the answer is, and it gives you that opportunity But I would say it's also making time to actually, you know, really get to know yourself. So it might be that you take an hour, maybe once a weekend, you know, one hour a weekend, half an hour a weekend. It doesn't have to be too long in your coffee break, taking yourself off, doing a bit of free free handwriting, you know, stream of consciousness, releasing whatever's on your mind. Because, you know, when we've got things on our mind, we are not able to really, really be present. And so when we just take time to let it go, you'll be surprised how suddenly the mind becomes active with ideas, solutions, innovation, creativity. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, again, I so resonate with that, Hema. You know, one of the things I do in the mornings, I, I'm, I'm an early riser, as you're, you're, you're talking about. One of the reasons I like that is because um, 
I get up before everyone else in, in, in our home, right? There's, uh, there's three children and my wife and, and I'm up before all of them. And so it's that, it's that quiet time. It's that easy time where, uh, where I can just focus on me and they're not looking for me. They don't have any needs of me right now. So I can really kind of focus on me. And I, I actually use on my phone, I use an app called Headspace. I'm, I'm not sh- sure if you're familiar with it, but it's basically a verbal guided meditation as you're talking about. And, and oftentimes, uh, you know, it's only maybe 10 minutes long or something. Mm-hmm. And it really focuses on uh, during your meditation time, it, it really focuses on uh, examining the breathing, right? See, see where in the body you feel the, the breathing and, and things like that. But then one of the things that I love about it is it acknowledges and it even gives you some time within that meditation to let your mind wander. Right. Because sometimes it's hard for us to focus on the breathing and, and, and how that feels and all that, because our mind wanders off. And this meditation actually allows that. And I've noticed many times where, you know, I've got a struggle or a challenge or some kind of problem or whatever. And I just can't seem to think of the best way to address that problem or what. And it will hit me like a like a revelation in the middle of that meditation time where where it's allowing my mind to wander the idea to solve that problem that's been plaguing me for so long will just hit me in that moment right and uh, again you've you've kind of put the words to what's happening when i experience that so uh, i i really appreciate that and totally agree with that um well, Emma, let me ask you this. I want to be aware of our time. Uh, we've talked a lot about this idea of self-reflection and self-development and kind of understand uh, from your perspective exactly what you're doing to create that space that's necessary for that. But is there some other aspect of self-reflection and self-development that we we didn't discuss that you, you feel like would really be relevant to the to the audience here? Absolutely. So just one thing that sort of comes to mind if we want to create space, because of course people can't always do that in their lives. You know, they've got busy lives, they've got busy jobs, busy families and, you know, lots going on. So the other thing is, you know, the retreats, taking time to go on a retreat, but a leadership retreat. So you are learning also in that space. It's like a focused time to actually just really get to know yourself and to really learn some of the core skills that you might need, which is very different from a holiday. And it's very different from a, like a spiritual retreat, you know, because a spiritual retreat is where you're in crisis and you need to just really, really work through some deep stuff. Mm -hmm. Then there's the sort of holidays where you just want to sit and do nothing because you're exhausted having work, but to actually take time, you know, it's sort of part of work. It's part of self-development. It's part of leadership development, because I think that's another great space. One, you get to meet other people and really Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, network if you like, or just, you know, connect with other people because that's an important part of really knowing ourselves it's only when we put ourselves in front of different people that we get to know you know our different preferences if we're with the same people doing the same thing we never really grow in that way and so you know i think there's a lot to be said for something like yeah, no, I love that, him. And again, I, I feel like you've kind of put words to my own experiences. And I, I certainly feel that way that if you can kind of uh, invest in yourself in a way that you um, escape from the day to day, right, the grind of the day, and but you're also intentional to then go and do something else that you know is developing 
yourself, right? It's if you just if you don't have a purpose and an intention there, then it's going to become like you talk about. It's going to become a holiday where you don't do anything. But if you can take that time to escape from the daily grind of of your leadership and go and meet other people or or learn about uh, various topics within leadership or or anything else for that matter. Uh, Again, I think it's that that intentional escape from your daily work to just go and kind of learn about more about yourself, learn about uh, more about others, maybe that are in similar situations and so forth. Uh, To me, that's a, that's very, very valuable investment in yourself. We can do that. So again, thank you so much. You've put words to things that I've experienced and I really appreciate that. Uh, Well, Emma, you, you've, we've talked a lot about self-development here and, and uh, self-reflection. And I know you've shared a ton of information with our, uh, with our audience here. And I feel certain that some of them will want to find you and uh, more about what you do and, and connect with you further. So how would our audience find you and, and connect better with you? Absolutely. So I have a website, himmerbias.com, and that's probably the best place because okay. most of what I do is there. Um, Okay. Well, and I will certainly in the show notes for this episode, I will have a link to your website there as well so that our audience can certainly find you. But, but again, I thank you so much for spending the time with us and just kind of dropping all of this, this knowledge on us about uh, self-development and self-reflection. It's, we are certainly better leaders having spent some time with you. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you having me on your podcast, Michael. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you have it, friend, my interview with Hema Vias. I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you will take seriously developing this skill of self-development, recognizing uh, your own limitations, your own struggles, your own challenges, your own weaknesses, and then being intentional about developing and improving those areas, especially those areas of your leadership. Be sure you check out Hema and everything that she is doing online. You can find her on LinkedIn. You can also find her at her website, as she mentioned, uh, HemaVias.com. In the show notes of this particular episode, I will be sure to leave links so that you can go and find and connect with Hema uh, uh, and uh, engage with her further. Uh, This is episode number 69. So you can head over to RookieLeaders.com and you'll find the show notes for episode number 69 here, Self-Development with Hema Vias. So be sure you check those out. And again, be sure you use the uh, the leadership calculator. Take advantage of that, credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator. And until I speak to you again next time, be blessed and lead well. This episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.